so thank you Gavin the listeners won't know this but thank you Gavin for spending 45 minutes we're 45 minutes late recording because Gavin's been helping me work out audio issues on unsuccessfully unfortunately yeah because I've discovered a new I, I'm a pioneer in fuck ups oh Jesus is that going already my fucking yeah there's my door but <laughs> okay speaking of audio issues you go deal with that because uh, we got to get cracking because my day ain't stopped. Uh, Gav's off to run off to answer the door. Um, yeah, I I got new proper microphones and everything. This is the price of being professional. Got proper XLR mic. I'm using a microphone now that Gavin recommended. Top notch, top good. Um, but somewhere along the line, there's some weird crackling noises, which you may have heard in previous podcasts. Um, and I've now determined that's regardless of microphone. So it's not the microphone. Um, Gav thinks it's something interfering with the audio and stopping it recording momentarily and the audio trying to catch up to it. But anyway, you, the listener, don't need to know too much about that. Suffice to say, it's a fucking nightmare. Um, but I'm doing my best. There we go. Sorry. Hey, no worries. My yesterday's dinner just arrived. <laughs> yes, your yesterday's dinner, Gav. Um, Gav had dinner ordered yesterday. And it arrived, and it was accidentally ordered again. So he's got double yeah. dinner. Yeah. No. What happened was she she ordered yesterday's dinner for today by mistake, and she forgot to cancel it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. There we are. Oh, I had two two dinners. How bad? I can't can't go wrong with double dinner. I mean, you can just look at me. I'm I'm the warning. I'm the warning <laughs> of going wrong with double dinner. Double dinner is certainly not as bad as clicks and pops in your audio. Oh God! It's <laughs> the the price I pay. As if spending hundreds of dollars isn't already the price to pay for better audio. I've got to pay for it with additional stress and not knowing what the fuck. Yeah. Um, but I'm using different software to record today. It's not. It's Audacity. It's like normal software, but I don't like Audacity because I don't understand it. Um, or rather, I'm okay with using it just to record, but I, as I've said before, I edit audio as I record. Like, I'll do a minute or so and go back and edit it because I don't like going back and having to edit all of the audio in one go. Yep. Um, but I might have to just, I might have to suck it up and do that if if mm-hmm. if there's no dis, like distorting or crackling or popping or whatever it is. That's another problem. You try Googling audio problems as you try and describe the noise. Yeah. Knowing there are millions of audio problems with millions of solutions and every part of the recording process can introduce its own issue. And every one of the millions of pieces of gear and both physical and software can have these problems, the same ones for different reasons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're there trying to put into Google the noise. Yeah. Like crackle. That could be anything. I'm I'm pretty sure there's definitely people in our audience who are musicians and who make their own music at home and all of them know how fucking maddening working with audio can be and like yeah. just how much stuff can go wrong with the software and the hardware and how long it can take to find a fix. In terms of the content making process, it's the worst part of my job. Yeah. The absolute worst part. Me too. And it's the only part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say in terms of the content creation side because there's so much other mental and emotional uh, trauma associated with content creation, especially these days. But in terms of actually making videos and and making podcasts and everything, um, out of everything I do, 
to make the stuff you watch and, and see and hear and, and everything. Audio is the worst. It's the absolute pit. Um, but there you go. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, you may have noticed uh, it's just me and Gav this week. Laura has um, personal engagements. Um, nothing the matter, but... Uh, very busy, very hectic time over there. So it is me and Gav holding down the fort, which means yeah, which means we haven't got a plan. No, we're just gonna wing it. Yeah, we're we're not we're not really podcast organisers. No, um, I've never been one to organise a podcast. That's something Laura um, uh, added, brought to the mix. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm always a more more casual more casual podcaster. Um, the main issue though is as well as not having Laura and not having a plan. Nothing's really happening in video games at the moment. Mm. Not a lot. Like we really hit upon stuff from last, like last week, and that was it. Um, there's some little things, but nothing really universal to discuss or stuff like that. I don't think you'd have much of an issue in or much of it, much to say about. No. Like I could talk about Apex having a particularly expensive microtransaction, but that's the beginning and the end of that topic yeah apex legends has a ridiculously expensive axe in it or whatever it is i i read about it this morning it does look like bollocks um but it, it's it's free to play economy bullshit mm. that that many people have have seen before and you know i i'm clearly talking about loot boxes and microtransactions a bit too much for some people's tastes um i saw that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote a little essay on Twitter. Because, you know, it's it's you that's the problem. It's definitely not that they're so ubiquitous in gaming. Well, right? I mean, I've said that. I'll stop banging the drum when game publishers stop giving me the drum to bang. Until then, it's bang city, baby. I will bang all night if I have to. Um, it's funny because I get accused of doing the same videos over and over, but I do, I'm aware of 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 the issue, and I try and stagger the the episodes out. Um, so I do like, well, I've done a loot box video or a microtransaction video. I'll try and find some other ones in between before I go back to that well. Although this past week we had the Crash Team microtransactions and the um, loot box odds disclosures, both of which I wanted to do videos on. So there you go. I bash my microphone just to make things even worse. Just bash the microphone. <laughs> I was like, did he actually do that? Or was that just his audio having a meltdown? <laughs> he couldn't even tell anymore. Couldn't even tell anymore. I tell you what, Kev. I fucking hate making content for the internet. <laughs> Every element of the process is an emotional and psychological grind. Yeah. And it's going to kill me. <laughs> They'll find me face down in a ditch having just given up. And that'll be the cause of death. They'll do an autopsy. And the doctor will be just like, he couldn't be fucking bothered anymore. I find that very hard to believe, doctor. Did you also know he has a YouTube channel? Ah, that makes sense. That explains it. <laughs> he just shut down. Kind of did that yesterday. Because the views were dog shit on the Jimquisition. And yeah. I'm like... And they've been dog shit for like the past couple of weeks. I saw your tweet about that. Is it? Is yeah. it still taking a day off if you <laughs> spent the day freaking out about having a day off? Yeah. So I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to have a day." That's called being self-employed. <laughs> You're yep. never really off. Well, I took the day, and and it didn't do much for me. Yeah. Um, 
And then I, I've, I've had a go at doing a video today, but it, it was a long one. So I've had mm. to stop to do this and I'll go back and do it again. Yeah. I think the thing with the loot boxes, it's a similar thing to, um, I, for me, in my mind, I compare it to like news about politics in that first off, it's kind of like there's this righteous anger that you kind of are like, yeah, I'm fucking annoyed about this and I'm going to watch a few things about it. But after a while, you're just tired of it. And I realize that that's exactly what the people doing this want to happen. Yeah. Whether it's politics or whether it's uh, fucking loot boxes, <laughs> they want people to be bored of hearing about it. You know, and I think I'm guilty of that. I just tune the fuck out nowadays in, in all those topics, you know. I think a lot of people are, you know? and I don't blame people for that. Yeah. Like, I don't blame people for not wanting to watch me go on about loot boxes again. I fully understand if you've had your fill. It's not the apathy that I mind so much as what I've termed in the past. I think I've even done a video on it called what I call aggressive apathy. Yeah. Where someone cares, they, they care so much about not caring mm. that they get angry at you for still caring. Yeah. And that's what I have a problem with. Yeah. I'm like, by all means, no longer care, but don't get pissed off at me because I still give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I it's one of the reasons I still manage to make videos every Monday is because I so somehow I haven't gotten bored of being furious at triple capitalism. Um, but I, like, like, you know, people, people were a bit more aggressive toward this one than usual. I think maybe I've just talked about, uh, talked about it a lot lately. Um, so people are like, Oh, broken records and all that. And I'm like, well, first of all, they're not exactly the same video. Someone tried that on me. They said, I swear you've done this video a dozen times. And he said the exact same video. I did a video about loot box odds disclosure this week and how the game industry can't be trusted to regulate itself like this. And it's all a performance. Um, and I said, by all means, by all means, tell me how the loot box disclosure episode is exactly the same as the video game loot box addiction episode. And he said, well, which ones? You've done so many. I said, no, no, I haven't. I specifically noted two distinct episodes right yeah. there. And I said, well, fair enough. Find me another video I did on the loot box disclosure then. I'll give you the one I did today for free. So he's only got to find one more. I'm still waiting. And yeah, and on one hand, I can understand people getting annoyed about hearing about the same topic. But what gets me is when people say you, you, sh you need to make some positive content. I'm like... I, I I look at your channel sometimes. I'm like, I often see you make videos about stuff you like. Yeah, well, you know, it, if if they're not watching them, yeah. then they're not seeing them, so they don't. So they assume I don't do them. But I tell you what, our listeners will get pissed off because we're beating the same drum here again by complaining about people. We're not complaining about you. Only a very very small small minority of people yeah. do this i didn't mean to go on that tangent just then even i um that was an accident i'm sorry about that um but you know it's it's an interesting discussion to be had about when when is covering a topic too much and 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 and, and i have to say as as much as being a creator can be incredibly stressful at times and it can break your soul at times I would do it for a million years rather than go back another day washing dishes in hotels that I did for years or like working in a HMV, which actually broke me and made me have a nervous breakdown. So I, I fucking love true. being a creator. 
<laughs> there are there are many worse things to be. Yeah, but yeah, like like any job, especially like being in the public eye, even to a tiny degree, can be incredibly invasive and stressful. And uh, yeah, which is why I'm going away for four weeks. Woohoo! Uh, don't Did we tell you. them this? I'm not going to be here next week or for the next few weeks. I'm. Having a complete and utter internet blackout, which is going to be lovely. I respect that. I admire that. I like that a lot. My first time in eight years having an actual break. <laughs> that actually sounds brilliant. Yeah. One of the reasons I like flying is because I don't get the no Wi-Fi internet. on the plane. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not spending 10 fucking bucks. It's probably more than that. 15 bucks or whatever for a couple hours internet access. Fuck off. So it's the one time I just like read a book or play a game or do something that isn't connected to the internet yeah. and I don't have to think about Twitter and I don't have to look at anyone because social media is like so addictive even when it's not your job yes but when it's your when it's your job it's like you're just constantly like I'm waiting for an email back from a, a particular uh, games developer today about something and I'm just like come on <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah even though I know perfectly rationally well that these people are busy and like, you know, they've a million other things to do. Like. I always assume that any moment I'm not checking Twitter is the exact moment everything's burning down. Yeah, the, the moment you take a day off Twitter is the day someone digs up an eight-year-old tweet you made that has something offensive in it. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through that a few times. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway... Anyway. Anyway, video games. Video games. Funny enough, I was going to launch into a topic that isn't video games. Oh, really? Uh, just because there's not a lot to talk about. Like we, we could talk about what we played, and then I'll just talk about all the horror films what I watched. Um, you played anything of note? I pl I played the new uh, Hitman mission, the one in the bank. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. It was kind of, they didn't really do anything new with it that they hadn't done before, but it was, as usual, an exquisitely designed level. That's it. They don't have to do anything new with Hitman now. They've got such a good formula. Yeah. I, I have to say, they're some of the best levels I've ever, ever gone into in a video game. And actually, um, Danny and Noclip did a really good video about them. Uh, I think it was only last week they put out that video. It's well worth a watch about how they design the levels, and it's really interesting. Um, I found out that, like, do you know the, that really cool level in Paris in the the fashion show? Oh, yes. That, w that was, like, the first one they did. And that's really impressive because that one is so detailed and beautiful and amazing. And mm -hmm. I, I, re I, It's so funny. It took me three tries to get into that game, but I'm so glad I did in the end. At first, I thought I wouldn't have the patience. But then when I realized that it's actually quite a... A relaxing game when you just take your time with it in a way yeah yeah because there's only maybe one moment in every like 20 minutes or so that you might have to do something quickly like sneak up behind someone and time it well but most of the time you're just kind of observing and looking at things and wondering and it's oh it's such a great game if if i had played it last year hitman 2 would have been on my top five list but alas i didn't play it until this year for some reason i didn't get on with hitman 2 as much as the prior one really yeah I, I don't know what it was I, I felt like sometimes it was i don't know i i know some people felt that the first one and we i say first one in terms of you know the modern ones um was a bit too handholdy yeah in that it was very easy to be walked through various unique kills yeah but in some elements of hitman 2 it felt like they worried about that to the point of making some of the 
kill routes uh, guessing game. Yeah, some of them were very obtuse. Yeah, there was like some where I'm like, okay, I've got to go to this specific place to find a thing that's really hidden out of the way and far away from where I've got to do the kill. Yeah. Or like I've led the 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 target to an area i followed the steps and it's told me i've got to lead the target here but then it's not told me what to do now that i've got here and i end up wandering around not sure what the hell it wants it's like i'm trying to guess what the developers were thinking um and i I felt that with hitman 2 in a way i didn't feel with the first one and i'm clearly in a minority a lot of people love the love hitman 2 and i really wanted to i think they put those in i think they put those in for the really hardcore like people who tend to replay the levels because I didn't I'm not a replayer I'll do it once and it, and I will try and get a, an interesting kill like not once did I like shoot my target in the head or just yeah. kill him with the wire I always found interesting ways to do it and I never had a problem at least finding an interesting way to do it but there I I was certainly aware there were other ways to do things that I had no idea how to do that yeah yeah if you know what I mean and uh, it did it it, it I never found it frustrating because it felt to me like they put that in there for the really dedicated hardcore players. I think it was just like the one I'm, I can vaguely, and I'm, I can only vaguely remember it now, but it was at the 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 race tr- the racetrack, oh, and yeah, yeah. it was about like fucking with the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I led someone there. You have to do it like right at the beginning, don't you? Yeah, like I led. I, I was. Yeah. I followed all the steps that the naturally took me and the target down into the garage and there was something I had to do there that wasn't indicated to me in any way whatsoever and I eventually stumbled on it I was like I I had no I I would have had no idea how, how to do this yeah. I may have even ended up looking it up out of frustration yeah just to see like where does this route go where's and I felt that a few times in that in hitman 2 where it took me to the area to finally do the thing and then just abandoned me and was like, work it out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or every so often you'll just see story opportunity missed and you're like, what? wait, what? Why? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't feel that at all with the prior Hitman, but with Hitman 2, I felt that to the point where it diminished a lot of my enjoyment. That's I fair. might have to go back because yeah. I loved the first one so much. Mm. I got like the expensive version of the second one and then I barely touched it. You know, that's that's funny because usually that's the kind of thing that would really bug me. But for some reason with this game, I was okay just getting the... Uh, because they gave me other interesting options, I was never too bothered when I missed the kind of... Uh, the timed ones are the the obtuse ones and i was like you know what if i ever do want to go back and do them someday i can so yeah maybe that's it maybe i just wasn't lucky enough and i just kept picking the obtuse ones maybe and, and getting bottlenecked down them and then as i say being left stranded by the game a little uh, maybe i'm just playing the game wrong uh, you know i think i think it's one of those games that it's hard to play it wrong because it's like <laughs> Unless you want to do a very specific way, it's hard to play that game wrong because yeah. there's so many ways to do stuff. And I just think whatever's the most fun. But if that's the most fun for you and it's not working out, that can be really frustrating, you know? So uh, Certainly in terms of level layout and diversity of, of approach, yeah. they're, they're engineering marvels oh, yeah. in terms of game design. Like the difference between, say, the Mumbai level, which, by the way, that sniper... Uh, when you meet the sniper, I never figured out that uh, the way to get that to work. 
the Mumbai massive big wide Mumbai level and the difference between that and say the the castle level at the end of Hitman 2 is just incredible the different how different the levels are but how somehow they feel uh they have a visual language that's never confusing in what yeah. you can and can't do and stuff even though the environments are so different they all adhere to the same central philosophy of what the player is allowed to do and what the limitations yeah. are that makes everything feel like it's coherent, even though the levels can be wildly different. Yeah. And I love that he lives in a universe where, like, this, the same company obviously makes everything. Because, like, no matter where you go in the world, <laughs> you're going to find the exact same red wrench <laughs> just lying around. <laughs> Oh, video games. But yeah, the, if, if if anyone out there has played Hitman 2 and isn't sure about the bank mission, I uh, definitely recommend it. It's good fun. Cool, cool. Nothing new, but, you know, I didn't need anything new from Hitman. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where at some point, at some point the, the, the money will run out on that particular idea. Yeah. But for right now, there's so much mileage in it. I'm really really looking forward to hitman 3 and i hope they don't do it in in episodes i hope they release it all at once yeah yeah i like it when complete games are made and sold yeah and i find i don't know i think we talked about this before i don't know if you're the same with this but i find it so hard to get sucked in and immersed with episodic games because it's so short you're you're in and you're out and then by the time you go back to the next episode you're trying to figure out controls again and you're kind of relearning stuff and you're kind of what happened in the story again you know forgetting things and i think there's a reason i think there's a reason why it took off more with like telltale game stuff yeah because that's straightforward like a straightforward point and click a straightforward adventure game that lends itself well to an episodic format in the way a tv show might that i understand but there was that brief period where game publishers thought to themselves oh we can just make anything episodic yeah, and it didn't really work out for them. I, I I noticed most of them abandoned that format, but there was that weird little time around when um, The Walking Dead, sort of shortly after Telltale had really taken off, that a lot of publishers were like, "Well, that's successful. Therefore, if we do it to any game, regardless of context or requirement, <laughs> it will be successful too." Because that's how these fucking companies think. And we can make more money. Yep, more money. Mm. Didn't work out for it, did you, game industry, you fucking fool? No, it did not. I'd like to imagine the game industry anthropomorphized as a jester being sick on itself. <laughs> just dressed in motley, bells ringing on its hat, just... And that's the game industry. I might dress up as a jester and be sick on myself. And then demanding money from the audience. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean an audience? Oh, I, I just meant... As a hobby, I'll just start dressing up as a jester and being sick on myself. <laughs> Take my pants off and sit in my dinner. There's your new wrestling character. There we are. Yeah. Sick, <laughs> sickly jackpot. Sickly jackpot the jester. He's he's queasy. And the laughs come easy. He's going to do a tumbling act in a puddle of his own rainbow yawn. <laughs> it's my favourite term for being sick, if you needed to know. The festering, pestering jester. Oh, covered. Covered in chunks. Okay, well, um, speaking of chunks, I've been playing through Resident Evil 4 over and over again, oh, yeah. like I used to do when it first came out a thousand years ago. Are you at the point now where you have like all the really super overpowered weapons and you're just like blasting through oh, everything? Yes. 
Oh, yes. I, I breezed through the third act in like an hour, probably less than an hour last night because wow. I'd unlocked the Chicago typewriter. So yeah, I'm just yeah. blasting with a Tommy gun and I got the infinite launcher as well. I was going to ask, isn't that the Tommy gun with like infinite ammo or something? Yes. And it's just ridiculously powerful. <laughs> There's a reload button, but it's purely optional. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just to be, it's just to give the reload button something to do. Just to look cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I saved up the money to get the the Chicago typewriter and the um, the infinite launcher, and then j- now the game is a joke. Except no matter how OP you get, the bits saving Ashley are probably still annoying as fuck. Um, not as bad. I mean, in terms of escort missiony games, they did well with it. I still think they did really well with it. Um, there's only once or twice where it might be an issue. Really, the only thing that still gets you is the fucking quick time events. Yeah, like that. I know it's all. It's been criticised almost to the point of a meme. But that cutscene slash fight with Krauser, that's just quick time after quick time, and you fail in the brief window, and it's done, and you've got to watch the cutscene again. That's a war crime. Yeah, that is an appalling, appalling segment. <laughs> yes. Like the fight. The fight is cool, and the animations are brilliant. But oh, yeah. it's just the random fucking QTEs are just no stop. Yeah, it just. And, and the the bit near the end where it's like tap 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 a button to stop him like driving a knife into you, and then it changes the button you have to tap, mm. and if you tap the other button like a second too long before switching to the other one, then the knife just gets pushed in. It's so fucking annoying. I'm so glad that trend died out. Yes, like QTEs. Uh, it's it's just one of those things like suicidal AI partners that just needed to go away, and I'm glad it went away. Not including Wolfenstein, because that brought that particular trope back. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'm glad it's gone. QTEs yeah. were not fun. They really aren't all that good. Sometimes I will allow it if the controls are done in a way that mimics the motion on screen, in a way that feels natural. Yeah. If they're just arbitrarily shoved in as button presses especially the way Resi 4 did them with they were ambushes in the middle of cutscenes like that is criminal as I've said before there should be tribunals there should be recompense (laughs) war Uh, crimes yeah absolutely Um, oh that was a story I saw this week there was something about um, it was the typical thing of like YouTube against the video game journalists for what oh, this, this just over and over again I see the same that topic. I am so fucking tired of like Call of Duty is political, it's not political, blah 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 blah. Uh it has white phosphorus in it, which is, you know people were upset about that. And I you know, I kind of understand that. But at the same time Call of Duty lets you nuke people. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't know. I, also and I think I was trying to be as completely uh, objective as I could about this. And I think the problem with this whole politics and video games discussion is this. People just have different meanings of the word when they talk about it. And uh, I think when when people complain about politics in video games, sometimes they're just being dicks and they mean, oh, there's a gay person. That's politics. But sometimes they mean we don't like having to think about current day uh Republican versus Democrat politics, which I get people are sick of. But to say that a game that doesn't have that isn't political is, in my opinion, disingenuous because a game that's about war is inherently a political topic. Well, yeah. 
I mean, I've I've had this discussion many times. I did a Jimquisition earlier in this year that I was very proud of and still am, where I talked about how a lot of games like to use political imagery and political talking points to sell their games. Yeah. And then when they're asked to discuss it in more detail or 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 justify it, they're like, oh no no, we're not being political though. Like you can't say the division two isn't political. Yeah, but you really are. Watchdogs. <laughs> Watchdogs. Like it's, they were trying to say Watch Dogs, the new one, isn't political. It's like that is the most political looking game I've really yeah. ever seen. They've already brought up fucking Brexit like, in it's the marketing. So it's so on the nose. Like yeah, it was again. It was the same with the Division Two. Within five minutes, they make a statement on gun control. Within five minutes. And I'm supposed I'm the fool for thinking that the game has any political leanings. Yeah, and I never buy the argument that like, oh, it shouldn't be pol- political. It c- it should be fun. It's like, well, you know, you can have both. You can be fun while still making a point. You know, Rory Bremner, he made a career off that. Fucking fucking Bill Hicks. You know, I I you know what's weird is I I kind of think all these comedians we used to listen to in the '90s, they probably wouldn't have a career today. <laughs> Yeah. You know, people like Bill Hicks and George Carlin and, and people like that for various reasons. You'll find some people that like George Carlin and will somehow claim he was never political. Yeah. And it's only because he's saying things they already agree with. And I think a lot of people think politics is just stuff they disagree with. Well, that was a funny that was a funny meme that was going around, wasn't it? It was like there's two genders, male and political. There's sexualities straight and political because yes. <laughs> that's it a lot of things that people think are apolitical are not apolitical they're just upholding or, or celebrating the status quo or something that person already believes and they yeah. don't consider that political um but i think it's at some point i know we're not there yet at some point we're just gonna have to like not have this discussion and have it to the point where it's taken as read that these things are political and to just ignore developers when they say it's not because what they're making so clearly is. Yeah. But then we're in a world where people are trying to argue that fucking Robocop isn't political or Star Wars isn't political. Someone told that to me. That Robocop isn't political? They said Star Wars is... I've seen someone say that. There, the someone fuck? was getting dunked on a while back for saying <laughs> even that. As a, even as a, like a kid watching that movie, I could I knew that was a movie about, you know politics yeah <laughs> i don't fucking know and you know the all-encompassing consumer culture of america that's what that movie's about <laughs> yeah you know most art most art has something to say yeah. and most things being said are in some way politics in nature they are pertaining to politics because politics do not just mean who is the president and who is not or who is gay and who is not and i do understand how like um, like I do empathize with sometimes if people feel just yeah I don't want to have to hear another fucking Trump diatribe today you know because I'm just sick of it and this even comes from people who don't like fucking <laughs> Trump you know <laughs> like even I'm sick of hearing about him you know yeah and I think he's a prick so <laughs> but I I don't know I this whole Call of Duty thing though I think um the argument people were ha- having, I think, was because the white phosphorus is in the multiplayer, and the it's, it's people were saying it shouldn't sell itself as a kind of a gritty look at war, this kind of realistic thing. If you're if it's letting you kind of just uh, frivolously drop white phosphorus on people, and 
on one hand, it's like, well, the multiplayer and the single player are obviously very different mm. things and they will have different tones completely. But then on the other hand, when you're marketing it all as one product, it's easy to see where that confusion or the association comes in, you know? Yeah, I see it. I, I, I totally understand why that's an uncomfortable thing, yeah. especially a multiplayer, which, yeah, tonally is its own, su such a, a more casual thing which can make the use of something that controversial and that brutal in a combat situation come across flippant. Um, I've not fully looked into this. I heard a little bit of the debate and came across a stupid take where someone tried to argue because Spec Ops The Line dabbles in a lot of this. And again, saw someone try and claim Spec Ops The Line is not political in nature. Hmm. Oh, dear. You go back and you play some of that and you see what it's trying to say about fucking war and not just war but like entertainment based around war i think that's a, a major issue you can't call of duty in its stumbling unsubtle way following what spec ops the line did mm. with the idea of weapons of war of that nature did with the idea of something like white phosphorus um it's it's not going to compare spec ops the line makes you makes you close up look at the horror of that and yes. the consequences of of why it's an illegal you know weapon i can certainly see like going from that to call of duty just throwing it around like it snowballs just i could see that being jarring what i'm not really um and i again i haven't given this a lot of thought so someone's probably gonna disagree with me and that's fine but i just don't understand why this I mean, like, every second shooter these days has flamethrowers in it, which are also an incredibly horrific, awful weapon, which are, I think, banned in a lot of countries' armies, and no one seems to have a problem with that. So I don't know why this is suddenly a big thing. I think maybe is it because Call of Duty tends to be usually that big talking point? It's the game, it's usually the game that that is the big talking point of the year when it's controversial yeah. you know like the last modern warfare had the no russian thing and i think one one major issue might be that flamethrowers are maybe like i think they are banned you might be right we could be wrong but i think you're right that might have something to do with it i mean they're very much viewed as an older weapon there's distance yeah whereas white phosphorus stuff like that like when you're talking about modern like like warfare weapons yeah. um and and by the same token i mean dropping nukes in multiplayer i can i can fully understand why someone would be uncomfortable with that mm. especially when again you look at um call of duty 4 modern warfare where it uh, very much like spec ops the line although nowhere near as good um demonstrated very up close the kind of haunting personal effects of that um, and then to just go dropping it around in multiplayer afterwards seems like it's thumbing the nose at its own statements. Uh, so I, it's not, I'd have to see it in action, I guess. And I've, I, I stopped closely following Call of Duty years ago. Um, but it's something I understand someone being concerned about. Yeah, I understand too. I, I can just say I personally don't have a problem with that disconnect between the single player and multiplayer. One being this wacky anything goes fucking throw everything in there you know chaotic fun while the other is is more of a kind of a look at war and 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 what it the bad side and all that i don't i personally don't have a problem with them 
having both of them in there. But yeah. I do understand why people do. Well, at least you've given it some thought. I mean, some yeah. of these people who are just like, oh, shut up, games should be fun. I'm like, what business have you even got discussing games if you want to dismiss them as something that doesn't make a point, as something that doesn't really mean anything in a wider cultural discussion? Mm. Like, it's it, Either they have meaning and worth beyond just being disposable entertainment or they're just disposable entertainment. And if they are just disposable entertainment to you, why are you getting upset about any of it? It's just a video game. Go have a laugh. And I think that very much, again, comes down to people having very different definitions of fun because some of the greatest moments in video game history were absolutely not fun. Like die, like Call of Duty 4. Dying in a nuclear blast is not fun, but it's an incredible scene that makes oh, yeah. you have a visceral experience. But it's not it's not fun. <laughs> no, this war of mine yeah. is and I've been I've I've had notes for years about a potential Jimquisition on the topic of fun not being fun while still being a great game. But this war of mine is a perfect example of a game that is not fun. Yeah. You couldn't by by any credible definition call it a quote unquote fun game. But it's arresting and haunting and it sticks with me. That now was a game that was too heavy for me. And I would never criticize the game for that. It's just for me personally, it was, I couldn't get through it because yeah. it was too too upsetting. I, I fully respect anyone bowing out of it. It, it is so... Yeah. I mean, there are, there are films and stuff I don't watch for the same reasons. That the you know they they just they they they're a bit too much for for my frame fucking, of mind. Fucking requiem for a dream. The best movie <laughs> I'll never. The best movie I'll never watch again. <laughs> yep, same here. Same here. I've watched it once. I never need to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, and then that's not a discredit to the film. It's just I am not going through with that again. Yeah, uh, but never. I am very glad I watched it once. Uh, I don't care how good the music is. I'm not watching it again. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. God. That that's. That's just stress in a nutshell, that film. I've been watching a lot of films lately. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are your, your awful horror movies, have you found any good ones? And by, by good, I mean awfully entertaining. Uh, it's been a bit of a letdown recently. Um, every now and then I got a hair up my ass to just watch some like creepy films. Not just straight up like blood and guts horror films. There are many of those. Um, but I like really like creepy stuff yeah um lake mungo is what i hold up as one of the best subtle chilling films it's a mockumentary and it's just brilliant um and so far i've not found anything that has done to me what lake mungo has done to me what that did um i never yell or scream or shout at horror films even if something frightens me or unsettles me i'm very quiet when i watch a film that there is a scene in Lake Mungo where I legitimately just went, no, no, nope, no, no, no. <laughs> I watched one last year called uh, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, that's a great film. That had a scene in it that made me have to, like, leave the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one gets brutal. I watched that last year. In fact, it had two scenes that made me just actually want to vomit. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk is something else. We watched a really good horror movie the other night. It was called Overlord. And uh, it's about this group of um, World War II American soldiers who go to fight the Nazis. 
and the Nazis are working on some crazy experiments on people. And to say any more would be a spoiler, but it's really fucking good and it's worth a watch. Oh my. Yeah. I mean, you you, you mentioned they're fighting Nazis, which I think is a little too political for a World War Two film. <laughs> I've seen yeah. people legitimately upset lately about like Superman SJW. fighting KKK and all that. Like people... <laughs> I've, there are genuinely people offended now when you talk about fighting and shooting Nazis. Yeah, I know. The most acceptable of the historical villains. That's where we're at now, America. That's where we're at. Anyway, um, Overlord. I'll make a note of that. Even I'm happy to tell those people, shut up. <laughs> you know, killing Nazis in movies is fine. Absolutely fine. Um, mm. They're fucking Nazis. Overlord, yeah. Great Overlord. movie. Great. It's kind of... of um, yeah, it's actually kind of feels a little bit like it might have been inspired by Wolfenstein in 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 a few ways, but it's it doesn't feel like it tonally at all. If you get me, yeah, it just has that kind of Nazis doing crazy experiments and the 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 Americans come in and kick their asses and save the day kind of thing. Interesting, so, interesting. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, t- I was taking recommendations from people on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people recommended recommended stuff I've seen before. Some of it to the point where I'm like, what do you take me for? Of course I've seen this film. Um, mm. But I, I, I checked out some of the ones. Um, one, one was Savage Land, which was full of interesting ideas. Full of interesting ideas, none of which are taken to a satisfying conclusion. But it's a mockumentary about a guy who was arrested, an immigrant who was arrested, um on suspicion of slaughtering an entire town and they de- they talk about like mistrust of of immigration and, and prejudice and that's an interesting idea for a film and then there's this other interesting idea they have for a film where they're piecing together what actually happened from photographs the guy took and it slowly becomes clear that some horrible fucking slaughter happened in the town and it and and you're piecing that together, but that never really goes to a, a committed full conclusion. So it's full of great ideas, um, but none of them really taken far enough for my liking. Mm. Then I watched Suspiria, which was heavily recommended, and a lot of people said watch the new one over the original. And I feel like I made the wrong choice. Yeah. Because despite having some really nice visuals in it, it didn't quite grab me. I've heard the old, I haven't seen the old one, but I've heard it's an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, I'm going to have to find some time to go back and watch the old one. Mm. Because I think I made the wrong choice, even though it wasn't my fault. In case the explosion had a go at me, but it wasn't my fault. The people willed it. There's something viscerally unsettling and upsetting about a lot of those 70s horror movies. Hmm. I think it. I think it is the kind of low budget, gritty feel of them that you almost feel like it could be real. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, true horror is ugly. You know that I've always said that. I remember watching. Um, I think it was called Cannibal Holocaust back in the day, and oh. that was such a like a grossly offensive movie, but like <laughs> really genuinely to the pit of your stomach. Yeah, horrifying. It's just more like, real. Like like a lot of modern horror falls flat for me just because it is so effects laden we're, we're more mainstream horror yeah the cg ruins a lot of shit i find yeah because we actually well we, rach uh, demanded last week that we watch alien again because we've watched that now jesus christ who knows how many times but literally every time it's the same shit she was i really want to watch alien and then literally half an hour in she can't even open her eyes <laughs> and like 
can't she gets this thing where she can't clench her fist because she's so scared she if she tries to clench her fist her hand is weak oh wow <laughs> yeah and it's always the part where you know he's in the in the vents oh yeah stalking him in the vents that is always the part where she just screams just a masterpiece <laughs> intention building that scene beautiful it never that it's so fucking good man and just the whole uh the whole thing with Ash and that reveal, and I'm just, I wish I could go back and watch it again for the first time, having not seen it, you know. Mm, genius. Haunted House movie in space. Genius. Um, what else did I watch? I've, I've been watching season three of Glow, which is really fucking good. I love that show. I, I still need to start getting, I need to get on with that. It's about, like, awesome, sexy women wrestlers. You would love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been told I need to yeah. see it, especially someone in the biz. Like, I, I do need to watch it. It's a very, in a very quiet and understated way, it's a, it's like the most inclusive show on television. Nice. You know? Like, it deals with issues of race and of of all that stuff, but it, it does it in a, in a very tasteful way that is very much a part of the characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Not but it does it, but and it does it, you know. Nice. It's almost like it's almost like some parts of the internet have made me feel I have to justify liking this aspect yeah. of the show, you know? It's weird. I think that's the internet for you, isn't it? You gotta justify everything right down to your beer choices. I know, Jesus. <laughs> but the great what I love about Glow is it's incredibly vulgar and offensive at times, but it's never cruel. The the peop the person who uh is offended is never the butt of the joke. Right. If you get me, it's like, it's really hard to explain, but it's just, because it, it's grossly offensive at times, but in a way that never feels like it's picking on someone. At least... It doesn't punch down. Yeah, at least that's the way that I interpret it. There might be other people who feel differently. Gotcha. I've certainly not heard a bad word said against it. Yeah. And I, I, I know I need to watch it. Um, I have to bump that up on my watch list because I'm really running out of TV shows to watch. Oh, it's freaking fantastic. Alison, Alison Brie is one of the best actresses in the world today, I think. She's just absolutely fantastic. Excellent. I will I will have to check it out. Oh, and it's got, it's got tons of nudity and dicks and boobs and asses and everything. Say no more. <laughs> Say no more. Season three in particular has like full-on dick nudity in it. Perfect. Um, also... Speaking of cheesy fucking retro horror, um, Stranger Things got super gory and disturbing this year. Did you see that? Season three was great. Season three was uh, season two. I found way too slow. Season three more than made up for. Yeah, it. for me the first two episodes were a bit. Eh, I'm not sure I like this. I don't know where it's going. What Hopper's character seems a bit weird, but then it really picks up in the second. Like when it picks up and it it does not stop. It just goes from yeah. zero to fucking hundred. Like that last four episodes are just fucking brilliant. So scary at times. Really, like actually it was, scary. Yeah, proper horror on that one. Stranger Things three was was great. Yeah, terrific. Definitely not for kids. <laughs> no, no, not towards the end, especially. Um, once things start getting all melty. Oh man, that scene where people are just falling into the floor and splatting. Yeah. It was just so gross. <laughs> and I like how they've managed to really give you a sense of personality for an antagonist that doesn't have a character per se. Yeah. But you just pick up on what it what it is and, and how it almost how it feels. Like it's it's just an interesting antagonist that show has. It's personality came through billy didn't it yeah pretty much 
Um, Dairy Girls, I saw season two of that. Dairy Girls was great. Yeah, season two of Dairy Girls came out. I hate that it... I almost hate that it's not an American show for the simple fact that there would be way more episodes. Um, That's the funny thing as well, because I keep recommending this show, but I'm not sure how well it would translate to an American audience. And I know a lot of my audience is American because it's such a uniquely Irish slash British type of humor. And the way they like, even even like some of the colloquialisms they use in the North are ones that we wouldn't use here. So we don't understand like everything they say, you know? Yeah. But my God, the performances, that's what makes it. Like the, the writing is great and it's a, it's a funny as fuck show. Yeah. But the main cast, every single one is so hilariously performed. Oh, they're brilliant. So fucking good. Like, I get shades from, from the main character. I get shades of Rick Mail almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, the the energy of it and the facial expressions. Oh, my God. It actually does feel a little like the young ones at times. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's, a li- it's, a, it's got a lot more warmth and heart and soul to it than the young ones, which was just pure fucking nihilism. Just, like. Yeah, nihilistic chaos. Yeah, well, anarchy, anarchy more than nihilism, wasn't yeah. it? But uh, yeah, it, it's funny because it reminded me a lot of words that... Because uh, me, I used to do a lot of work with kids from the North when I was a kid. We used to do like theatre exchanges and stuff. And I'd mm-hmm. forgotten a lot of the the words they use. Like uh, inst- like in, in, in my town, what we say when you want to have sex with someone is I'd fla them or I'd ride them. But in the North, they say I'd book them. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'd book him, I would. <laughs> the Wake episode, as a single episode of television, is brilliant. And then that extremely poignant ending where mm. the girls are performing their... Just being normal teenagers, having their dancing, and it's juxtaposed with the, the troubles and the bombings and stuff. And it's oh, it's just beautifully done. And it's it's actually very moving, that, that, that show. Especially in this... Especially in this today's climate where you're seeing a lot of that weird stuff resurfacing now and it's actually yes. kind of very, very upsetting to see, you know. There will be a heartwarming comedy 20 years from now based on this period of time that will have wonderful laughs juxtaposed against horrific things if we all make it that far. If we, I mean, you know. If there's another 20 years left. I, I barely survived this summer. I don't know how I'm going to yeah. do 20 more. <laughs> Uh, I felt like I felt like a Stranger Things flayed this summer, <laughs> melting into the fucking ground. Um, yeah. The Black Coat's Daughter, that's a horror film I watched. That was one of the good ones. I've only watched, I've watched a lot of creepy horror. None of them landed, except The Black Coat's Daughter and uh, The Wailing. There we are. The Black Coat's Daughter is inconsistent. But the scenes that are good are fucking creepy. There's a little girl telling another girl that she smells pretty is s- like just describing it. You can imagine that it's a bit creepy, but the way it's said, it's just, oh, yeah, no, that sounds creepy. Out. That's immediately on my avoid list. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend the Black Hood's Daughter. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very slow burn, but it's worth it. Uh, the Wailing is over two hours long and didn't feel it that is a korean film and korean korean horror films and korean revenge films are brilliant always got time for them um, oh boy what old, a movie. old boy of course is a masterpiece uh, i saw the devil is 
something else. Actually, that whole trilogy were fucking amazing. Mm. The Old Boy and Lady Vengeance. And what was the last one? Um, I think it was a different... It was like a Mr. Vengeance. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, The Wailing is... Uh, 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 it's hard to describe. It Basically, people in, an, in a village end up going a bit manky. Their skin goes like... They, they end up like covered in sores and stuff and start killing each other lovely and yes it's delightful and it's then piecing together like why that is like a a japanese guy moves into town and they're suspicious of him because he's an outsider and it's about that time that every now and then some people end up just losing it and murdering people um and it it goes i can't say much more than that because of spoilers but it goes to places it's a wild trip and it's got moments of humor and moments of horror that are so well done and so well paced that it even though it's a long film did not feel long and that's that's always a good mark of quality in any film if it goes on long and i'm i'm like it don't matter um but the rest the rest of the films i've watched lately have been disappointments after much um after hearing about it not knowing too much because i don't when I hear about a film that sounds like it might interest me, I shut off like learning about it so I can go watch it. Yeah. And one that had my interest was the Poughkeepsie Tapes. Couldn't find it on any streaming service. Got it on Blu-ray because I'm a big fan of found footage and I'm a big fan of creepy stuff. And I, you know, I, I people know I love the Saw films as well, so I'm no stranger to what they call torture porn. But watching that was just deflating i can't watch those kind of movies i find it too, I, you know what the worst one i ever saw was was the fucking passion of the christ in terms of torture porn that is one of the yeah i went to the cinema to see that movie because at the time i was uh dating a, a girl who at the time was a christian and she really wanted to see it and i went i said okay i'll come along whatever i was completely fucking horrified that anyone a wanted to see that movie <laughs> and b that like sensitive kind-hearted jesus-loving christians wanted to see this movie Do you yeah. know? like it was two solid hours of vicious cruel torture porn worse than any saw movie it was incredibly cruel and awful and a horrible horrible film like what the fuck is wrong with Mel Gibson? <laughs> <laughs> when I watch a film where the, the torture and the, the nastiness of it is at that level, like, I guess just because of the way my broken mind works, I don't get disgusted or upset by it. I reach a point where it gets to such an extreme that my emotion disappears and I feel nothing. Oh, I was the opposite, man. Right from the get-go when they're like whipping and him and shit and beating him up, I was like, this is really awful. Why am I watching this? And then it just got worse and worse. And by the end, when they're putting nails in his fucking feet and everything, I'm just, oh, when is it going (laughs) to stop? And then it doesn't stop. (laughs) And you're just like, Jesus. That's the normal reaction. Yeah. That's the normal, understandable reaction. Um, But I guess just because I'm so into my horror and all of this stuff, when I see it, when it gets that far, it takes on a a near inelegance to me to where I lose all sense of reaction and I just numbly sit there looking at it, feeling nothing. I felt that way about Serbian film, uh, which was another one I heard so much about before I saw it. And then I looked at it and I'm like, this is just... It gets to a point where I'm like, this is tacky. (laughs) I didn't get 10 minutes into that one. I just, no, 
Yeah, and- that was another one where I just it just drained all feeling from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Poughkeepsie tapes was the same way. Um, it's supposedly a mo- it's a mockumentary about a. Uh, finding video cassettes a serial killer made of their exploits and the video cassettes are just him you know beating the shit out of women and cutting throats and all this kind of stuff and someone on twitter described it to me as they felt like the filmmakers were jerking themselves off over how what a clever cool serial killer they made Mm. and there is definitely that sense um but unlike something like saw where they're clearly doing that a bit with jigsaw but it's so stupid and over the top mm. that there's an almost cartoonish level to it. Yeah, well, it's like it's like with it's like with Doom, isn't it? Yeah. Like Doom Doom is so intensely violent, but it never feels disturbing. Well, at least not to me, because it's it's funny and cartoony and yeah, cause it ends up so so ridiculous. And like Fallout, for example, you know. Yeah, and the Poughkeepsie tape strives to be realistic. It's like let's try and make this look like a snuff film, and I don't know. I mean. Like I said, I'd heard a, I'd heard about its n- notoriety, and when when it comes to notorious horror films, I want to check them out. Huh. I'll, I'll give you a fucking disturbing horror movie to look up, Mister Jim. Yeah. Go and find the Nine Inch Nails film, Broken, that put what came out as a bunch of his music videos in the early nineties that was so horrific and violent that the whole band got arrested because the police thought it was a snuff movie. <laughs> oh wow! It's unbelievably disturbing and you can tell that at the time Trent Reznor was severely disturbed <laughs> when he when, when they made this yeah it's incredibly violent and disgusting and brutal I will check that out yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone but you know yeah <laughs> and that's that's as a Nine Inch Nails fan but if you are looking for something extremely dark and disturbing go find that yeah, I, I, it one of the videos uh, from it, the least violent of the videos surfaced on YouTube there recently uh, for the first time and got like taken down within ten minutes. Holy shit! So that that should tell you enough about it. <laughs> yeah, well, like the nicest, the nicest of the music videos circles around a man going and lying on a machine who basically tears him apart, uh, pokes at his willy. And then he gets eaten by the table and shat out as meat. Oh, fun. And and, and that's the least disturbing one of them. <laughs> so basically, he predicted Twitter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's a great modern joke. You can describe anything bad and then call it Twitter. And that's a modern joke. Well, he does it willingly and he's enjoying it. Oh, there we go. Being an inten- despite being intense pain. So it does describe Twitter. So long as he's having fun. Yeah. Yay, video video games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've gone like an hour. For the three of you who are still left, thanks for sticking around. You know what? I, I honestly think, because I, I always worry about that. Like, if I ramble on about something not game-related, I do that in video sometimes. Sometimes I'll cover a game and get bored of talking about the game because it's shit. And then I'll talk about, like, Count Duckula or something for ten minutes. And generally I get positive responses to it. People don't mind a little ramble here and there. And so for a slow week, having a little chat about films and Netflix, I don't think that's too unentertaining. Here's some gaming news I forgot to mention. Uh, Twitch accidentally broadcast porn on the channel that was abandoned by that ninja streamer guy. Oh, (laughs) no. What kind of porn? Uh, I don't know. I think it was pretty standard porn. Just regular porn. It was basically... 
what they did was they turned his channel into a recommends other channel channel. Not a bad idea. Um, with all different other things. And and at the top of the recommended videos was porn <laughs> for like, I don't know, like four hours or something. <laughs> Quite amusing if it was 10 minutes, but hours. And how, like this dude had what, like 14 million followers or something? Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. And then he was, yeah, there was some other news about him being angry with them over something or other, but I kind of don't, I didn't read up on it because... Yeah, he's like streaming exclusively on Mixer now. I don't really follow Twitch. All I know about Twitch is that eventually, I said this on Twitter the other day, eventually every random word in the English language will be the name of a Twitch streamer. And we'll (laughs) need an entirely new language because I'll talk about like, oh, I'm going to go buy a new cupboard. And they'll be like, oh, you mean Cupboard's the Fortnite player on Twitch? I'm going to go watch Yeti and Octave doing a stream together. Yeah. There won't be there won't be a word left. Yeah, I also saw but didn't look into people were cross with Borderlands again this week, but I kind of just like didn't want to know <laughs> what it was about. Yeah, that's one I... Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm behind on that. Mm. I heard very much like you, I heard something about Borderlands 3, but I've been... I've had my... Nose to the grindstone. You ever see those stories and just go, I think I'm just going to watch something nice instead. <laughs> I I do that with sometimes stories get too much, but yeah. You know, I, I get bored of things just as much as anyone else, to bring it back to what we said at the beginning. Yeah. Sometimes I get apathetic when I see something too much. Doesn't mean it shouldn't be talked about by people who are not apathetic towards it, but uh, yeah. every now and then, every now and then, and I said, I'm, I'm taking a bit of a slow week this week anyway, so... Unless something mesmerizing happens. Oh, it has to be done. Then again, I, I did a top 10 video. I'm doing that today. That's what I'm going to finish editing and put up. Oh, yeah. I've, Those are always fun. I love top 10s. I really like watching them. And I know, like, people dismiss them sometimes. But, like, when What Culture puts out, like, a top 10 wrestlers that fell over once, I'd be like, fine, let's see who fell over once. There's a YouTube channel who does top 10s that I quite like. It's a bunch of lads and a couple of girls and. Oh, what are they called? They do like really nice, fun, silly top tens. It's not what culture. They're more of a, they're more of a kind of grassroots kind of. Hang on, you talk away, and I'm going to okay. look them up because they're they're fun. All right. Well, um, if you haven't seen it yet, it will be up before this podcast goes up. But I'll do a top ten. Uh, I, I won't call it top ten. Ten games that. Um, ten great games that weren't as successful as they should be. Something like that. I called it something like that. They just talk about, you know, games I really like and thought were great that didn't sell very well or was in other ways screwed out of being as as popular as they should have been. Well, it turns out it's called What Culture Gaming. Oh, well, there we are. (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) There's me saying they're more grassroots than What Culture. I couldn't have been more wrong. (laughs) I watch What Culture Wrestling a lot. I I like some of their top tens. I love Simon Miller, um, who does. Yeah, uh, Simon's brilliant. Yeah. We should maybe get him on at some point because I've been on his show a few times. Absolutely, I've been saying that for ages. Yeah, because he 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 is basically another you between the video <laughs> games and the wrestling and. Yeah, I mean we we kind of come up in games media together and then sort of came up in wrestling at the same time. And the British humor and all that. Yeah, one day I wanna I wanna work a I wanna work with him in wrestling at some point. I don't know, since we're across oceans, I don't know if ever there will be a time where we're inhabiting the same wrestling promotion at the same time. But one day I would love to do some wrestling work with Miller. He's great. 
he is wonderful um so i think we've really kind of wasted we've reached a good point yeah we've wasted everyone's time we've wasted an hour of your time and yeah i've got to get cracking on that video because it's quite the edit job um so gav i will see you all in i'll see you all in roughly a month yeah (laughs) anything you'd like them to check out while you're on your holidays well while i'm gonna be away i will be stopping by the internet very briefly to release not one but two songs inspired by a certain cyberpunk video game uh, one of which I'm going to do some cross promo with CD Projekt on. We don't know which one yet, cause I'm waiting to hear back which of them is kind of their favorite of the two. So interesting. Yeah, we'll do a little bit of cross promo and a bit of socials and stuff, and it'll be a lot of fun. So look out for those. Uh, they'll obviously be on YouTube under Miracle of Sound. Uh, one of them is called Neon Red, which has, of course, uh, connections with cyberpunk and it's a little pun in the title about the company and about certain things in the universe and uh, the second one's called City of Dreams and it's like a sequel to City of Night which a lot of you will know is my previous cyberpunk song and they're both completely different so I think you'll you'll enjoy at least one of them and you can also find me on Patreon under Miracle of Sound I hope people don't leave my Patreon <laughs> when I'm literally disappear off the internet for a month so it's always a fear, isn't it? Yeah. Plus, uh, yeah, there you go. And Twitter, Miracle of Sound. Alrighty. Um, as for me, you know, most of my stuff, you can check out the last um, Jimquisition I did called The AAA Industry Can't Be Trusted to Regulate Its Gambling Problem. Um, like I said earlier, like, views are really slow at the moment, um, which I don't know why. I know YouTube's had some weird view counting issues. Like, analytics have been totally off. Mm. So I... I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, or maybe just people are bored of me, or maybe the algorithm's burying me again. Who knows? I know they buried the fuck out of all my videos on the um, polit- politicians and Republicans blaming like games for mass shootings. Mm. All of those got buried, and the Jimquisition got age-gated despite having no content in it that should be age-gated, but they maintained it. That's definitely the kind of video that YouTube clamps on. Anything that discusses, like like politics or guns or anything like that they will clamp it yeah and i i I think that may have fucked me over on the channel for a bit yeah but it was stuff i really wanted to say and needed to say so i said it you know yeah i've been getting lucky with the algorithm lately but who knows how long that's going to last you know (laughs) who the fuck knows how long that's gonna last and there's always a there's always a summer lull for me anyway like i've noticed this in previous years not a lot of games come out as much in the summer um people are going outside with their lives like they should um i have a lot of adult viewers and they probably got kids to look after over the summer i don't know particularly in this scorching hot hell yeah. of the summer there's a lot of people probably just not you know they're out and about yeah. enjoying the sun but do keep sharing the Jimquisition and everything um people i really appreciate that uh the views and the shares and the patreon and everything uh, absolutely uh, adore it um the only other thing to watch out for is september 13th in piedmont alabama sterling makes his pro south wrestling return um there will be more appearances in Rise in Pittsburgh as well. Um, have no idea what's going on locally in Jackson. Um, a lot of that seems to have uh, dried a bit. But uh, yeah, September 13th is my next properly confirmed wrestling appearance date. Uh, maybe I will bring the YouTube Championship back. Maybe I will defend it. Maybe I won't. It's up to. It's really up to how we feel, isn't it? Um, and what Pro South can do for us. But but yeah. 
that's that. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing and supporting the work. We will see you next time. Good luck to Gavin on his travels, and we'll have Laura back next time. Goodbye. I love you loads. I'll see you in a month. Oh. <laughs>